Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North-South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com podcast venture we are calling linking up luchas i'll be your host logan croslin and in this pod i will be linking some of my favorite people up with one of my short-lived favorite lucha promotions and that is lucha underground on this pod we will be going episode by episode through the four seasons that this promotion existed talking about the matches characters drama and all the all the other good things along the way like I said, some of my favorite people are along with me, and I couldn't think of anyone better to start with than my podcast brother and father. I will bring in my brother first, and that is Scott Shifflett. How are you doing, Scott? Logan, I'm doing great. Um, looking forward to this new adventure after we just got off the seven months of danger. So um, I'm, I'm real interested to see, uh, A, what this is all about and if it holds up. I got you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into it with you. And of course, my pod, my pod father coming up next, Sean Kidd. How you doing, Sean? Mm, pod father, not trademark. So I like it. Uh, no, it's good to be here. I, you know, coming out of seven months of danger, you know, I have a very niche uh, wrestling taste. So for me, the thought of doing this tonight is something I've never watched, something I never thought I would watch. So I am really excited to actually be a part of this because this is a whole new world for me. So I appreciate you having me on, Logan. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to your takes as we go throughout this whole journey. But uh, you, you, and uh, one of our other panelists that I'll kind of get get to in a second um, are the ones that I'm most interested to kind of see your views because I think this is kind of a out of left field thing for maybe y'all. But as I'm talking about, these two will be on tonight. Uh, the next episode will feature the team of Jacob Williams and Jennifer Smith, and they'll kind of rotate uh, every other episode with these two. Um, but I'll dive into a little bit of history of where the concept came from for this show. Um, on January 2014, Mark Burnett uh, decided that he would partner with Robert Rodriguez of the El Raid Network to launch a weekly hour-long professional wrestling series um, in the second half of that year, and it would be affiliated with the Mexican wrestling promotion uh, Lucha Libre AAA Worldwide. So um, a lot of these superstars that we're going to get into tonight uh, wrestled in tri- AAA or or uh, CMLL, which is the other uh Lucha Libre uh, promotion down in Mexico, um, and some some come from other places, um, but most for the most part it's AAA and CMLL that they come from. So, um, but tonight uh, we will be talking about the first two episodes of the show, which aired on October 29th 
and November 5th, 2014. Uh, but before we get to the episodes, I have a couple of questions for my co-host. Um, we have watched a couple of matches on uh, YouTube Roulette, a show that we're all on for the most part. Um, but Scott, I'll start with you. Before we watched any of those matches on YouTube Roulette, had you heard of Lucha Underground or had you seen any Lucha Underground? I had obviously heard of Lucha Underground. Um, I had not seen any of it. Like, ironically, I had heard of it. Um, I used to listen to Conan's podcast on Hold This Against Me uh, when this was going on all those years ago. And um, it was um, like he hyped it up a lot, obviously, because he was he was part of it. But I didn't have the Elevate Network. You know, I wasn't also going out of my way to go find it as well. So, um, but yeah, it's something I've always wanted to to watch because there's a lot of um wrestlers that we see now and you know obviously this was like 10 years ago that we that we uh don't um that we can see before like you know they quote unquote hit it big yeah yeah it's crazy to think that this almost started 10 years ago now that you said that's insane um but sean what about you uh yeah of course i heard of it and i might have seen like see stuff in passing but i never really paid attention to it because here's the thing it's Lucha Underground. It's Lucha Wrestling. I've obviously watched AAA before in the past, so I thought it was just going to be something very similar to that. So I had no concept of what it really was, like what we're going to discover in this. This is almost like a reality show. Like the, like the, Even like in the opening of this tonight, like the minute they pop up Mark Burnett and then uh, Rodriguez, I'm like, holy shit. They had the guy who created Survivor with the guy from Dust Till Dawn. I go, what the fuck am I watching here? So it was really, really different. And back in the day, I had no clue whatsoever. None. So... Um, you know, obviously, I've watched Lucha matches and AAA matches, even WCW. Um, Cruiserweight division was a bunch of that, and I enjoyed that because it was very outside my, you know, comfort zone of what I used to watch and thought it was great. Um, what is it? What did I used to say? Flippity doodahs, Logan? Is that my term? <laughs> so I'm very curious to see if this is flippity doodah, what kind of stuff we're going to watch. So, yeah, but never watched it. Never watched it. So. Yeah, kind of a follow-up question. You kind of talked a little bit about it, but the Lucha style in general, how, how do you feel about that? Do you like it? Is it something that you're kind of, you know, a little bit standoffish well, about? Or No, I'm not standoffish at all. Listen, I'm very old school. You guys know my theme. I like mid-90s and late-80s wrestling. Um, so when the Luchas came on, the first time I ever really watched something Lucha, it was a WCW, and I think it was um, maybe Rey Mysterio against uh, D. Malenko, one of their first matches that I watched. Um, and it was great. Like Rey Mysterio for me, it was like, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, and it was a different take, different kind of style. And I actually enjoyed it. So I was to totally opening to it. But um, as far as like a full time promotion, just based on that, mm -hmm. I don't know. It didn't seem for me, it was more like, Hey, I'm going to mix this in with uh, Kevin Nash. Now I have to watch <laughs> a bunch of people do the Lucha stuff. So it could be totally different feel. I don't know. Yeah, I got you. Scott, what about you? Well, how do you feel about the Lucha style as a whole? Um, you know, I like like Sean said, I was first introduced to it with the Cruiserweights in WCW. I never really had a problem with it. I just, it, you know, everyone likes their favorite brand. It wasn't my brand to watch, really. Um, you know, but the stuff I have seen, like he said, we watched for YouTube Roulette, I really enjoyed. And, like, you know, I, I feel um, wrestling as a whole in the past, like, 10 to 15 years has moved to the more fast-paced Lucha style. Not all the way. But um, it it still has moved moved pretty quickly. So um, yeah, I I enjoy it. Like, but like I don't. There are some things I have a problem with, and like that's the one thing is like the intergender stuff. Like I, I can't wrap my head around it. So um, <laughs> mm, mm, mm -hmm. I know that's a big thing here. 
Uh, spoiler alerts as we get get apart uh, going over these first two episodes. So, all right. So, hey, Logan, can I say something about the intergender stuff? Yeah, I know so that was going to be my next question. Yeah. So you just throw throw it out. Uh, what, what, uh, so here's what it? I'm going to say. So I so he, coming into this, I would have said, well, this is fucking stupid. I don't like the intergender stuff, but I will tell you, the intergender stuff has grown on me because I watch modern day GCW. And they do a lot of intergender stuff, which is actually really, really good. So when I came into watching this and I saw that that was a big part of it, I was a little more open to it because honestly, GCW, it's done pretty well. So I'm curious to see if they play it out and do it the same way here as far as how they integrate. Yeah, I got it. And Scott, you said you're kind of a little bit uncomfortable with it, but you 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 can be OK with it in certain situations. Yeah, I mean, I guess like more like, I don't know, like. It's not like when like they were like stunning and RKO and Stacy Keebler for no reason. So mm-hmm. yeah, I got and, you. I got you. I get it. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, but I'll I'll get into the open of the sh- uh, first episode now, and then I'll ask my fourth question because uh, it kind of has a little bit to do with it. But we open this show with what is basically an action movie scene, uh, which will be a lot of uh, what we see throughout the uh, history of this. Uh, but it's two guys uh, fighting one guy. Uh, until a random mass luchador comes in and saves him. Uh, he then uh, takes him somewhere to tell him about the history of the ancient Aztec tradition of settling differences through combat. He then asks uh, what he knows about Lucha Libre. Then it jump cuts to Dario Cueto, who will be our authority figure. Uh, he showed up at tri- Triple Mania, Triple uh, A's big uh, event that they have every year, and offers the organization and, it was a, and its wrestlers the opportunity to compete and make lots of money competing for him and his new organization called Lucha Underground. We then jump back to that luchador and the person that he saved, and and he asks uh, if he's in to join uh, Lucha Underground, and they shake hands. Uh, signifying that obviously uh, he is in and he wants to be a part of this big thing. So, um, like I said, the cinematic thing is kind of something newer that they've started to do throughout the years now in WWE, uh, AEW, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, Sean, what are your feelings towards, like, cinematic-type stuff um, being presented, like storylines and backstage segments kind of being presented this way? Okay, so for me, it's not the same as like WWE did like during COVID, they did the cinematic matches, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not the same for me because the way they set this up is almost like, like I said, it's a reality show. You know who's creating it? It's Mark Burnett. He does all these reality shows, right? And so the opening for me was, at first it was going on, it was almost like freaking Cobra Kai and all these people getting their asses kicked. (laughs) And then there's like this random ass guy that's, you know, and then he saves the guy then they're talking, and then they're talking about the Aztec ancestors, the Lucha Libre of 100 years. And then you have Dario Cuerto, and it's just like, I love the beginning of this because I think it sets the stage for what we're going to watch. So, yeah, it's wrestling, but it's almost like a re- not reality show, but it's almost like you're going to be watching like a, I don't know how to pinpoint, almost like a wrestling soap opera, but wrestling mm-hmm. is a soap opera, but it really is going to be a soap opera. You know what I mean? So, I was immediately hooked at this beginning. Like, I was confused about what was going on at first, and then we got into the whole Lucha and Ancestor shit. Mm-hmm. I was totally hooked. I, I, I'm i down with it. I mean, it's different, but I like the way they open it. Yeah, I got you. Uh, Scott, what, how are your feelings about the whole cinematic thing that they do? Yeah, um, like, you know, the cinematic stuff has, like, a neg- negative con- connotation for some because of COVID, but I, I do believe some good things came out. I was hooked from the beginning. Um, like it felt like Sean said, I was gonna say more drama, but he wants to say so proper. I'll, I'll say so propery as well. I liked how we had like 
they talk about like the seven tribes of our ancestors and like a little yeah. history of Lucha Libre. It was pretty awesome. Um, I like seeing Dario Cueto. Like you, he sets up like this is like um, like he's the guy in charge. He's like, you know, I know we'll get ahead. He's like, this is my <laughs> temple. But like, that's what he says. And I was like, that's that's pretty cool. And like it sets the stage for like this is something different, you know. Which the announcers talk about, but it's like, this isn't for six-year-olds. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> good job, dumbass. But, um, no, it's it was uh, it hooked me from the very beginning. Like, yeah. with its storytelling, I knew it would be episodic. And that's what we see in these first two episodes. And the opening is the opening's fantastic. It's really well done. Really yeah, well done. And, and Dario will be awesome. He, he, he's always awesome. So uh, Oh, I'm already a fan. We'll, Already we'll, a fan. We'll, we'll love him throughout the whole time, I promise. So, um, y'all kind of got in your thoughts on that. So, I'll I'll skip that question that I had. But uh, we get brought into the uh, temple, uh, and we see Melissa Santos, and she introduces uh, tonight's house band. That becomes a thing as well. They have a house band for every episode. Sometimes it's the same band every uh, or a couple of weeks, and then it'll switch out. But usually, it transitions from week to week. Uh, who is the house band for the night? Um, and then Stryker and Vampiro introduce us in, kind of tell us what's going on, tell us about the show. Um, Dario then comes out and tells us he's invited the best fighters in the world to kick ass or get their get their ass kicked. Uh, this is an arena, but his temple, where ancient traditions like courage, honor, and his personal favorite, violence, uh, will take place. Um, he says that the luchador that impresses him most tonight will get a signing bonus of $100,000. Um, so, um, Sean, I'll go to you. What were your thoughts on the temple when you first saw it? And, uh, what were your initial thoughts of the commentary team of Vampiro and Matt Stryker? Well, I'll <laughs> tell you what impresses my luchador is Melissa Santos. Um, she, oh, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, smoke show to start, uh, Mrs. Brian Cage is a freaking smoke show. So immediately that struck me. Um, what does not strike me is Stryker and Vampiro announcing and it gets, gets, Progressively worse as we go over the next two episodes. Um, Stryker, particularly, is very annoying. And Vampiro, uh, we'll get into it later, but the crowd is pumped. Uh, Cuerto, looking like great value, uh, Scarface, uh, was amazing. The only thing he really needed was like a like mounds of Coke residue under his nose, and I would have been all in. Um, he set the stage, and he says how he likes violence, and he has a suitcase of 100000 sign-on for the most impressive luchador. And I also like the really cool underground fight club feel. Like it feels like a fight club. And one of the other thing I love is I love the stained mat. Like we've had no matches, but we have this like stained, like just beat up mat. Like looks like they've had people bleed all over it. And you're just like <laughs> in this underground like fight club. Um, almost like what the WWE was trying to go for, what they did on NXT like uh, last with week. With the underground. Yeah, with the underground. But this was really badass. And um, I thought it was really good. And here's one thing I, I would like to say also. Uh, Matt Stryker is shitting on the kids in t-shirts, jumping on and down. And he said, that shit doesn't happen here. So yeah, he did say it's not for six-year-olds, but I did like Matt shitting on the kids in their little t-shirts, jumping up and down to kind of take pot shots at regular wrestling and let you know that this is not what you're going to see here. I thought that was okay. So. Yeah, I got you. All right, Scott, what did you think of the temple? And, uh, I, I know, I know your feelings on the commentary team, but, uh, go ahead and let the listeners know. Uh, <laughs> so there's times when Stryker is like good, but then there's times where he's unbearable. And Sean like enjoyed that comment. He said, "I, 
I don't agree. Like, it's like <laughs> you're a brand new company. Why don't you try to get as many fans as you want and start instead of alienating the little kids? Because he's trying to say that this is not going to be your wrestling. This is really geared towards adult. They don't give a fuck about the kids, Jeff. This is not kids wrestling. <laughs> Well, that's why they're out of business. Okay, <laughs> but they made a four seat. It's not why they're out of business. They ran I, I out know. Of, they yeah. ran out of money. Um, yeah, but they ran out no. of money. But Vampiro, he acts like like he's doing his like great, 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 great value. Uh, Jesse Ventura impersonation, where he's acting <laughs> like he's a tough guy because he'll say during matches, "Oh, look at them stealing my move." He's like, "But you steal everyone's moves," and it's like, <laughs> uh, Vampiro, shut up. I know he was a star in Mexico and everything, but, you know, I'm just really familiar with him with uh, that horrible WCW run. And then um, when he was on the Steve Austin podcast and he sucked up Steve Austin for an hour and a half. So it'd be like if I was doing a podcast with him, but, you know, with Austin, which Stone Cold, if you're listening, hit me up. Um, Dario Cueto, when he came in, I love how he said it was my temple and the $100,000. And he also said it's time for people to get rich or die trying. Which is a great line, and also name of a Fifty Cent album. So, mm-hmm. Dario Cueto coming up all aces for me so far. <laughs> what did you think of the temple, the look and feel? Oh, like like Sean said, how gritty it looked and everything, and mm-hmm. uh, I really I really liked that a lot, and how they um, like how Sean said it looked used and everything, and, and going back to the house band, I really liked that as well. You, and, hey, Chip, you know what it reminded me of? You guys seen the movie Saw? It yeah. reminded me of the dungeon where they were locked up in there and they put a single wrestling ring in there and it was so fucking badass. I loved it. Sorry. Go ahead, and it seems like Stryker and Vampiro were the ones tied into the ba- to the bathroom stalls and I wish they would have cut yeah, their feet exactly, off to get off. Exactly. Great, great, great connection. There. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's legit just like a warehouse in Boyle Heights, California. So it's it, it's supposed to look gritty. That's like kind of the feel they were going for. So. Um, but it was definitely. cool, like when they open it, like how they zoom in on the helicopter, and you go into these like different things. You see the city, then they go to the the warehouse, and it's like every reality show up is like if you ever watch Hell's Kitchen, they always mm-hmm. do the outside video, and then they zoom right in on Hell's Kitchen. That's exactly how they do it here. So it's a really kind of cool reality thing that they did. So I like it. It's neat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we'll go on into our first match. Um, we have to. Admittedly, <laughs> not the, admittedly, not the most exciting match. Um, I'll kind of get into that as I go through it. Um, but it is Blue Demon Jr. versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. So is that how they pronounce it, Blue Demon? Yeah, Blue Demon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what I Blue Demon. Blue Demon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but I'm. My first note is I'm going to go ahead and apologize that Chavo is in the first match. I apologize, Scott. I apologize, Sean. I apologize, Jenny and Jake, who have to watch this as well. But um, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, But they're already starting with the Lucha Libre families. I think that's a cool touch. They're both from uh, very historic uh, Mexican wrestling families. Obviously, Chavo's from the Guerrero family. And uh, Blue Demon Jr. is the son of blue demon senior so um real nice touch there um i thought i thought that was cool at least um ton of camera cuts early in this one made me think kevin dunn was involved somehow i don't know how but it's uh, it seemed like a monday night raw where they cut they did the camera cut about a thousand times towards the beginning of the match but um 
they cut to the commentary team a lot throughout the match. I don't like that. I think that's kind of annoying. I don't really care what Stryker and Vampiro are, look like when they're commentating on the match. Um, and their camera angles, but too, like they always look up at them from the desk. Like you never had a straight camera shot of them. Yeah, yeah. it looks like like a can't like somebody spying on them. It's like a little. See, spy. I I like that because it added to the grittiness of it that they were trying new. Yeah, 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 maybe. It may grow what on we me. Currently it, have. it kind of annoyed me at first, but I it may grow on me. Like like it, you kind of feel about it. But um, what I was gonna say is not the match I probably would have started the program with to kind of hook people in. But like I said, because these guys are from two very well established lucha families, I kind of get it. The match was high flying enough. Uh, and had a good bit of submissions, which are two pretty key parts of the style. So it was a pretty all right establishment match, I thought. Plus the submission at the end, I thought was pretty cool that uh, Blue Demon made uh, mm. Chapo tap too. So, um, Sean, what did you think of the opening match? Uh, so a uh, great rundown on both wrestlers by Vampiro, giving you a little bit of their historic nature. Um, the second piece, the second one I made, it was Chavo made me want to stop this pod immediately when I saw him come out. Um <laughs> Demon uh, smacked the shit out of Chavo was really good. Uh, the other notes I made, very veteran-style match, wasn't bad. But I would have thought, Logan, honestly, that, you know, you're trying to hook in a new audience. I thought they would have, like, kicked it off with some high-flying uh, flippity doodah shit, and they didn't. Yeah. Uh, but they went more with the kind of veteran family routes, which I guess I can appreciate that kind of brings historic value to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike you, I thought the submission was utter butt, and out of nowhere, the submission was terrible. Um, oh, but the match was nothing extraordinary. Um, like, I guess if I were to sum it up, it felt like it felt like if my grandfather was wrestling his little brother. That's what it felt like to me. I went a gentleman's two stars. So yeah. not great. Didn't really make me go, wow, I got to watch this shit, but mm-hmm. unoffensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's very fit. That, that's a good description because Blue Demon is uh, very, very slow, I'll say. I'll, yeah. the, he is uh, he's very old, it feels like. He may not it, be actually that old, but he seems it. It sure. feels like they're trying to make him like the Mills Mascaris of the show, you know, mm-hmm. if, and he's traditionally the big luchador, and he's also one that was very old and didn't do jobs for anybody. I think they're trying to place him as that guy on this show. At least that's my perception. Yeah, I got you. Scott, what do you think of this opening match? Yeah, it feels like Blue Demon was pulled from 1968. Yes, um, yes. It was like some shitty call you would see if you were playing like SmackDown number two, Know Your Role, that beats you up in the career scene. Uh, that's a deep cut for anyone who played those games. Um, Chavo has go away heat with me. Like, I just like, so I never want to see him on Grace My Screen again. But you've oh, told boy. me I get to see him for the first season a lot. Um but not past that though. <laughs> yeah, well that's good. Um I will say there was times like when they were like trying to combine their styles, it seemed like it was just a styles clash with it, but there was like Blue Demon like was like slapping the shit out of Chavo's chest at one point, and I was just like, ooh, that's it was nice um to see that. <laughs> but um but like Chavo tried to do like a Huracarana and Blue Demon just power bombed him and then put Chavo in some like weird it was like a modified Scorpion Deathlock. I'm sure I'll be told what it really is. But yeah, I, I went I went two as well. It was just a nothing match. And I agree, we should have been a little bit more flashier here. Since you're like, this isn't like your father's re- this isn't wrestling for little kids, and then we have some matches <laughs> like, oh, this might be for the grandfathers. <laughs> Yeah, the, like most basic match ever. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not what I was started with, but I get the family d- dynamic of the history and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, I get that 
putting that out there, but yeah, I definitely wouldn't have started with it. I probably would have started with our second match, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but we go to our first cutscene. Our uh, Dario's in the office with Conan. Uh, Conan says he may not be into the idea of working with Dario, but he is into the money that uh, Dario is throwing around. Um, he has a guy from his from the neighborhood they are in uh, that he thinks is the best fighter uh, around. He's going to bring him in. Uh, Dario then says other guys may disagree with that, and he has hired one of the biggest free agents of the time, and he will be going by the name of Johnny Mundo. So that's going to be John Morrison, Johnny Nitro, whatever you want to call him, um, that, that he's the big acquisition to start this whole thing off. Um, he says Mundo is here for the money and fame, so if Conan's guy can humble him, and maybe uh, maybe maybe they'll walk away with that money. Maybe Conan's guy will get the hundred thousand dollars at the end of the end of the time. We are then led to a promo package introducing Prince Puma, who is going to be Conan's guy. Um, he's going to be Conan's apprentice, and then Conan talks about Puma's family the whole history that they have that they're kind of linked back to ancient uh aztec warriors and all that kind of stuff and he says he will guide him to glory so um scott what did you think of the talk with dario and conan and kind of the open or the introduction to prince puma i love this dramatic stuff more than i liked anything that we've seen with the wrestling matches um (laughs) i loved how we have like conan and dario talking and like uh like it's it was very cool, and like you know, some people aren't the biggest fan of Conan. I think he's good in, in this role right here. Mm-hmm. You can tell that they're making Prince Puma be a serious star. Not only did we see them talk about it, we get like a nice little hype video of him and telling the story of Prince Puma and the Luchadors, and it was, it was, it was very cool and like made me excited to see him. And like spoiler alert for the people, like once you see who Prince Puma is, you're like, oh, this makes total sense. I know exactly who this person is, mm-hmm. but um. It was very nice because it's like, oh, this is the person they're getting behind. And, you know, looking back, I would like for them to maybe start with the Prince Puma match. But with what happens in the match, you you can't start with that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think they wanted to have a big main event to uh, start things off. So I I think that's definitely the route they had to go. But, uh, Sean, what did you think of the uh, confrontation between Conan and Dario in the hype package for Prince Puma? Oh, I loved it. So it, it listen, I love the back room kind of negotiating. Like it's almost like the Spanish version of the Sopranos back there between Conan and Cuerto. Um, Conan wants the money and that tells him he has the best guy. And then um, Cuerto brought in Mundo, but he also doesn't like him because he doesn't respect his temple. He wants Conan's guy to teach him a lesson. I love that because I don't respect Mundo either. So I'm, I'm down with Cuerto at this point. Um <laughs> And then I, but I, here's a good thing. I understand why they brought in Mundo. This is a guy with name value. You got to have a name value guy. It's perfect. Um, if I had to hear one more time during this episode about how much parkour he does, I wanted to pull my eyes out because oh, that's God, constantly yes. bring it up. Um, but they did a <laughs> good job. The high, yeah, they brought up. They brought up. Uh, really, like they brought up. They did a good job of selling Mundo as he works out. Uh, they brought up Puma as a Conan guy. I love the video intro for that, and they made Puma a really big deal. Um, as the greatest lucha with Conan narrating it, I just thought it was great shit um, about the mask, the history, and the storytelling in like these short burst videos is really, really well done. And to this point, the match, one match we saw hasn't hooked me, but the storytelling in the videos is, which is a plus. So really good, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was great. Uh, just a real good introduction of him. And yeah, Mundo 
maybe it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but he definitely uh, was a big star at this point. He was a big acquisition for them. Uh, so I, I definitely understand why they went out and got him. Um, and he definitely fit into the style that I think they were trying to go for here. So um, definitely a good acquisition. Um, but I thought those both of those segments were really well done as well. Um, but we'll go into our second match. Uh, it is going to be Son of Havoc versus Sexy Star. So this is going to be our first intergender match uh, that we'll have plenty of going forward, kind of like we talked about at the beginning. Um, we get a pre-match package uh, for Sexy Star, kind of telling her, uh, telling about who she was, uh, her struggles with abuse, and how the mask uh, has empowered her and made her feel like she can take on anybody. Uh, Havoc grabs the mic and says he's not going to fight a woman, tells her to get herself counted out so she can live another day. Uh, Star actually starts to walk away, and the count gets all the way up to six, but she runs back and blindsides Havoc, uh, who had turned around. Uh, Star is incredibly feisty to start things. She's just throwing haymaker after haymaker on him. Uh, this match is probably what I st- would have started with from a stylistic perspective. I think this is like the more fast-paced, kind of hard-hitting uh, that they probably should have uh, started the show with. Um Stryker makes a Charlie Brown from out of town reference uh, to Havoc's look. He did. I thought that was Ah. a a direct uh, trying to reel Sean in. Uh, Yeah, he's going for my Johnny Valiant love, obviously. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, when he he did that, I immediately thought of Sean. But Logan, think about that. What fucking person is watching Lucha Underground and got that fucking reference except for me? (laughs) I really think about that. Maybe you know what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> I was saying I only got it because I know you and I've I've watched some yes. stuff that where where it was referenced. But um, there was a nasty backbreaker that ended the match. Uh, this match stylistically is much more what you can expect uh, for the most part of this show going forward. Definitely not the best you'll see, but definitely a step in the right direction from the opener. So, uh, Sean, what do you think of this uh, first intergender match we had here? All right, so first, this is the intergender, and it, I, it took me aback because I didn't realize there was going to be intergender until this um, happened. A uh, shift, comic book, wrestle, uh, comic book uh, reference. Who does uh, Sexy Star remind you of from the comics? I have no idea. Oh, my God, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a character Sorry, in your you favorite comic book character's series. Oh, Star Sapphire? Yeah, does she remind you of Star Sapphire a little bit? The look? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit with the mask and when she mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. Um, if so she was I, wearing pink, I would have said yes. Yeah. So, but you got it right away when I said it, though, by the way. Yeah. So, um, I like the intro video of uh, Star. Uh, it makes her a contender amongst the men as someone who's abused and a protector of women. So, the way they set her up was pretty good. Um, I, w- I don't know if we learn more about Sexy Star's history, but, you know, they may sound like she's a victim of domestic abuse or some kind of weird shit, but I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely um, sounded like that for sure. Yeah. Um, Havoc uh, basically came to the ring and said, fuck them women and for her to get out, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, I love Star acting like she's going to count out and then jumping in and just uh, going at it. Uh, matches fast and Havoc wins, but Star looked like she can hang and sets herself up as a kind of never give up tight. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I wasn't overly impressed with the match to hook me as a wrestling fan. And I thought the, and I know you brought, you thought you liked the ending. This is another ending I'm going to disagree with. I thought the ending was butt. Um, <laughs> So I only went one and a quarter stars. This is more about the story of Star. And I don't know, Logan, I guess for me, if you're setting up Star as this woman that... You don't have her lose. Like, yeah, yeah you don't it. have her lose the match. That was weird. Why have her lose? It, it made no sense to me. So I literally thought going into the match, okay, they set her up. She's going to beat this guy Havoc. By the way, Havoc, 
Are we allowed to say who is who in these shows yet, or are we supposed to play kayfabe? Um, don't, play give kayfabe. Away, don't, don't give don't away. Don't give Don't give away Prince Puma. I won't give away Puma, him. but this is Matt Cross, right? Um, yeah, Matt Cross yeah. was on uh, Tough Enough. Uh, yeah, Matt Cross was on Tough Enough, and yeah, God so damn, and, he, and and he was on the first what is it All In pay per view? I think he was in the opening match. I think wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the, on the card for sure. I don't. Yeah, know. he was on the card. So yeah, I knew who he was right away, but. Yeah, this this match. Yeah, no, I don't get it. I, I like I don't get the booking. I just don't get it. Um, but anyway, that's my take. Yes, yeah, I just meant like stylistically. I think this is more what you can expect, and like maybe a better way to open it than the old man match that we got. No, I know it. But either way, but I feel like either, like I always prefer the opening because if you're not gonna go with the flippity flippity doo first, <laughs> I I really appreciate like the storytelling of kind of ancient lucha and bringing in the veterans first because I think that would be better for me than what we got here. That's my preference at least. Yeah, I got you. I understand. Yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, Scott, what about you? First of all. Uh... Son of Havoc sounds like the Black Scorpion. <laughs> I will not fight a woman, Sting. Well, who, who's who's Havoc Senior? That's that was my other question. Yeah, I, I don't think they I think he just. I think it's just the name. I don't think he was gotcha. actually the son of anybody. So, but and with Son of Havoc saying he won't fight a woman, Vampiro actually does get a good line off because I could crap on him, but he's like arrogant bastard, which I don't know. Just made me laugh with him saying that. Um, I, I did like how they said that we were doing a thing where she was athlete, she counted out, and then she ran in. Um, but it seemed like every time she would do it, like, Havoc would just use a power move on her, which, like, is going to be a problem with these intergender matches, in my opinion, because, like, they just, like, showed, like, oh, she does, like, a Hurricane Rana, oh, he just kills her with a backbreaker. Rinse, rinse and repeat, pretty much, all the time. Um, and that's how it ends. And, like, you know, I just said, like, you give her this hype package, and then, like, Spoiler alert, when we're talking about the rest of the show and next week, they talk about Sexy Star and how good she looked. And I'm like, well, you had her lose. Like, mm-hmm. I know you want to build them up, but this is the I mean, first episode. Like, put She does over. look good, just not in the match. Yeah, but, like, like have, have her against a W. Like, it, no offense to Matt Cross, but you're not, they're trying to build around her, not Son of Havoc, who looks like Grizzly Redbeard. So, <laughs> oh, God. What a, what a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just like, what are, you know, what are we doing type situation? And and it's like, it's just like a step back. And like, you know, with people involved in this who knew wrestling, mm-hmm. like, it's like, they'll be like, oh, we had to build them up. It's like, well, you're not Vince McMahon. Like, no one knows who these people are. It's not like Harley Race coming in and, you know, you got to make him the king or something. Like, maybe... If you quizzed 100 people in the street, do you know who Sexy Star is? 85% of them like, is that a porn star or something? No, like, so, like, this is what you got to do. I want to star and a half on it, and it's frustrating to their positioning of her. I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, think, I think it was kind of to set up, uh, obviously, we know what happens next the next week, but I think it's to set up kind of a uh, tag match for the next week. Uh, that, that we yeah, what happens see. next week? Confuses the shit out of me too on the next episode. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm so lost a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, then we go back to a little cutscene after the match of uh, Dario chewing out uh, Chavo Guerrero for losing. Basically, he says he's a disgrace to his family, which is absolutely true, um, for the most part. Uh, yeah, it's like I'm supposed to be booing this guy. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he says he's going to have to bring in someone else to take Blue Demon out. Uh, so obviously, 
Uh, Dario wants Blue Demon Jr. gone. Uh, he doesn't like him for some reason. Uh, he said he will have to bring in a thousand deaths, and it is headed for the temple mm. uh, next week to take care of Blue Demon Jr. Um, but we'll go from there into the main event. Uh, we kind of talked about it earlier. It is going to be Johnny Mundo versus Prince Puma. Um, considering the name value of these two, I think this is a huge matchup for uh, of the first main event. Knowing who Puma is now uh, and knowing who Johnny Mundo at least was and still is today, I thought that was a... The, he's, he's parkour. He's parkour. <laughs> but yeah, this is a huge matchup for their first main event. Um, these two are both insanely athletic. Uh, they talk about the parkour thing a lot. It's a marvel to watch them work, I think, uh, just jumping around, doing all the crazy stuff they can do. I think everything they did was super crisp. Uh, looked absolutely effortless when they do it. Um, I love the look of the spotlight kind of following the action outside. Whenever they're outside, there's a huge spotlight that kind of follows them wherever they go. Um, Johnny obviously shows off his parkour skills, jumping over the announce table at one point. Um, I think Vampiro kind of jumped the gun a little bit. He says uh, this is a match of the year contender. Uh, maybe not so much. It is a good match. I think it was a really good main event to start the uh, run that will go on here. Uh, definitely a matchup we will see again, and I think it'll only get better as they go. Uh, smart giving the established star the win, uh, but making the new kid look pretty good as well at the same time. So I really enjoyed this main event, um, and I thought it really showed uh, what this could really be. Um, Sean, what did you think of this one? Uh, okay, so the pre-match, uh, Cuerto and Chavo. I absolutely love Cuerto shitting all over Chavo and telling him <laughs> what a family disappointment he was because that's almost like they play on reality because most wrestling fans feel like that about him. Um, and, and he said, there's no money for him. And he said, he's bringing in, uh, the thousand deaths guys. And he basically, the way he introduces him, he says, I'm bringing someone else next week that may cause death for all. Cuerto is amazing. Like mm -hmm. the short snippets you get of him. And it, it's just, it's so good. Uh, the match itself. Um, I did like Vampiro, uh, absolutely giving hell to Matt Stryker about like basically verbally giving the blowjob sell of it. This is Mondo's <laughs> first match in three years. Like he said it like a hundred times. This is Mondo's first match in three years. This is his match, and, and Vampiro has had enough of his bullshit. Um, I enjoyed the fast chain wrestling to start. Um, Vampiro setting Conan up as evil and corrupting Puma, possibly. Um, I thought it was kind of a good kind of narrative of setting up that, hey, this might be a future story around Conan and how he could possibly corrupt Puma. So there's storytelling there. Um, yeah, Vamp hates uh, Conan. So that yeah, I like that they touch on that. Yeah, um, in in real life. And by the way, uh, a, a certain Puma does a certain pose in the middle of the ring that gives away who he is immediately, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, if you know today's wrestling, of course. I'm, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, <laughs> I brought it up earlier. I'm not a big fan of the camera shots when they go to the announcers. Yeah. Um, Matt is very annoying on commentary, was another note I continued to make. <laughs> uh, Mondo using parkour off the table spot, I thought was really good. The crowd was loving it. The match just like nonstop action between the two. Puma doing some Austin lightning fast spots. Uh, Mundo beating him down in corner to slow him down. Um, Striker and Vampiro, even though the match has real high paced energy, Striker and Vampiro make me want to go to sleep. Their commentary and their chemistry <laughs> is absolutely deplorable, both verbally and both when they're physically on camera. It's just sad. Like we could do better commentary than these two motherfuckers. Um, Puma's escape from Mondo's finisher was very smooth and then hit him with the springboard double knees for two. It had me. I thought Puma was going to win. Uh, the ending was okay. I would have liked to be a little more out of nowhere, uh, but the match was fantastic. Uh, three and a quarter stars. This one's really, really good. Good, good, good. 
Like I would have thought they would have opened it, but I shift brought it up earlier. I don't think they really could have to kind of set mm-hmm. it up. But yeah, this is really good. Three and a quarter for me. Yeah, yeah I got you. Uh, Scott, what did you think of the uh, Chavo Dario situation and then the match uh, to end the show? Uh, like I said, going back, like I really love the all like the side stuff they're doing, like the backstage area. It adds like stakes to everything. So like, you know, even though I kind of crapped on the match scene, like Dario coming in is like, you're a disappointment. You're not getting this money. I was like, all right, Dario, I see it. And, you know, it made me sort of interested in Chavo Guerrero to see where he goes next week, which we will see very shortly. Um, well, you know, when we talk about those in 15, 20 minutes, where, where he goes. Um, for the match, yeah, like, it looks like Sean was stealing my notes. Uh, he, he was copying <laughs> what I was saying. Because I have a, a bunch of the uh, same things, like the spot where he does the parkour from the announce table, I thought was very... Uh, is very cool and very innovative, which, which you don't really see a lot. So it's like feeding in, like, yes, he, they're parkour, they're parkour, but it's like, well, you know, he can back it up type deal. The um, the double knees, I thought that was over as well. And uh, But bo- with both Puma and um, in, uh, Mundo, I almost called him Nitro, which is wrong. <laughs> it's going to uh, happen. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just see how athletic they are. Like, it's... Like I got lost in it. Like, um, like you know, Puma hits a beautiful insecurity to to Johnny as well uh, during the match. Um, he hit the disaster kick before the double knees, and I thought it was really cool. Um, I forgot that he did that. Puma misses the four fifty. Uh, then Johnny hit the moonlight drive, which we will see during the um, during this is basically like his Sami Zayn blue thunder bomb, basically. <laughs> Because, I hated that so much. It was just so tropey and set up. To, I just hated it because, Sorry. like, he never. Spoiler alert: He never gets the three when he when he hits it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I will say, Johnny hitting the standing Spanish fly and then the move called the end of the world was fucking bananas. Like, you forget how like athletic he is, but like the standing Spanish fly was awesome. I, I went I went three and a half on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really solid uh, first main event. I think I think it was a very good choice. Um, but yeah, just just great stuff. They are so hey. so athletic, so super effortless that whether anything they do. But what were you saying? And unlike last match, I know it's gonna sound contradictory, but unlike last match where I was bitching about sexy star losing, mm-hmm. I'm okay with Puma losing here because Mundo's a name, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm okay with that. Because you can obviously tell they're behind. Who have we seen? This is a 42-minute show. For about 22 minutes of the show, we've heard talks about Prince Puma. That's not, and that's including the match. So more than half the half the show, he's all over it. So like you can tell that they want him to do it, but you you got to set the the roadblocks. But everyone can't have the same damn roadblocks. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, they they did a really good job hyping him and uh, obviously presenting him here in this match. So definitely a good job. Um, but after the match, Dario comes out seemingly going to give Johnny the money because Johnny obviously was the most impressive throughout the night, won the main event, had a really great match. Uh, but Mr. Cisco Castro, or Cortez Castro, and Big Rick emerge, and they absolutely decimate Puma and Mundo. Um, and then Cueto claims that they are his hired guns, and he hands them the money because he thinks they made the biggest impression uh, taking out uh, these two main event guys. And uh, Big Rick is obviously Ezekiel Jackson from WWE, so um, he's pre- you can kind of tell. You you knew who he was immediately when you saw him. So thought it was Ahmed uh, Johnson. 
No, it was Big they, Sonora. Yeah, I know. Guys, I know. And I love Stryker going, Mundo recognizes his face. Mundo recognizes yeah. his face. Yeah, what? A, yeah, I thought that was super annoying <laughs> when he said that. But they suck uh, so bad. But but, but yeah. I did like when he tried to uh, when Johnny tried to take the money from Dario. He shuts it, starts running around the ring, and he's like, "You're not gonna get this. You'll never get this. You'll never get this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a good, well done segment. But um, uh, Scott, I'll go back to you. What did you think of this uh, kind of ending package, and what did you think of the first episode overall? The ending package was nice. It sets up like. It appears that Mundo and Puma, because they have the sign of respect after the match, will both be baby faces. And these uh, guys show up. They don't even give them names. We we don't find the names to the uh, start of the second episode. So it like leaves you on a cliffhanger. It's like who the hell are these guys that just took out the main event? And uh, you know, I, w- I will say Big Rick looked pretty impressive. So did uh, Cortez and Castro. Uh, sorry, those are the same person, Cortez and Cisco. Um, but no, I just they beat him down and. And then Dario leaves like, I've been scouting people, too, and, g- and gives them the money. So it's like, what tricks does this man have up his sleeves for his temple? And, you know, I, it it made me want to, like, if I was watching when this came out, I'd be like, well, I guess I got to set the DVR to record it. Or, you know, I'll be <laughs> watching when it comes out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, the first of many hired guns for uh, Dario uh, here, so. Um, but Sean, what'd you think of the, uh, what'd you think of this ending, ending little part? Um, I like that, you know, Puma Mondo, obviously doing the show in respect and then Cuerto, I love the Cuerto coming out and basically telling Mondo he earned it, but he shuts, he shits on him totally and tries to like fight, <laughs> keep him the case from him. Um, and then I like that Puma and Mondo are attacked from behind and the crowd likes like booze, but it's pretty heatless because nobody knows who these fuckers are. And then Ezekiel <laughs> shows up. People still don't know what it is, and the crowd is not that, like, into it because they don't really know who the fuck these three guys are. Um, I love Cuerto. It says not only Lucha, but fighters, too, because he's like, you guys said it was all Luchers, but I'm also bringing in fighters. And then you find out they work for him, and he gives Zeke the case. And then Cuerto does a really cool uh, Welcome to Lucha Underground close to close out the show. So I thought the closing segment was really good. Um, As far as first episode overall, was I hooked? Um... You know, I think it's enough to keep watching. The video packages kept me. Uh, the main event was good. The storytelling uh, of, you know, the characters. Um, but I think it's tough to establish after one episode, and you kind of have to set things up. Yeah. So I feel like they did a good job of setting the tone by introducing the characters. Again, gave me a solid main event. They gave me a great heel in Cuerto. Uh, but the commentary, man, holy shit. I know you said it's not going to get much better, I think, but it needs <laughs> to improve. And I also think the match finishes need to get better because for the most part, the match finishes have been really blotted me so far. So, um, but enough to keep me coming back for episode two to see what they do next for sure. Yeah. I was say I could be wrong and they may get better, but striker is just striker strikers, how he is. And he's just uh, always kind of going to be that way. He's just a kind of an obnoxious individual. So I, I would love to say it gets better, but I think they're pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty much the worst part about it the whole time. Well, so. fuck, it was fun doing the pod with you. So. <laughs> one, one episode, I got you. But Scott, <laughs> what, what were your thoughts on the episode as a whole? Um, I love the dramatic effects with it. Like Sean said, they need to pick up some of the matches. I want to see more of the wrestlers. We only saw like eight or nine. I know they have a whole lot more in their contract. Um, I also know it's the first episode, so I can't be too negative, but I just don't want to see Chavo ever again on my screen. Uh, or Blue, Blue Daymong who, like I Blue said, Devon. was pulled from 1968. Uh, like a portal opened up or something. If they said a portal opened up and they pulled Blue Demon from 1968, I'd be 100% in. 
because that's the first shit I need. But just the stuff they like, I don't know. It's just, it's just a little frustrating. That's all. But it was um, I, like I said, I want to turn in for next week. But if I was doing this out of ten, which I know we're not, I give it like six and a half, seven, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah some something like that. Yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, it 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 could have been better for sure. I think they did a good job with the packages, kind of like y'all said, the cinematic kind of spots. Um, definitely really good with the introduction. Um, but the the matches definitely could have been better. I agree. The main event was really good, but um, it, that can only carry it match wise so far. I think think Sexy Stars matches and Ton of Havoc's matches will get better throughout the time. Uh, I think y'all will learn to love both of them throughout the whole show. Um, but yeah, Chavo's going to be around for most of this first season, I'm pretty sure. He may be in a little bit of the second season, but definitely as it goes on, he gets less and less featured for sure. So uh, hey, I can promise you that, Scott. <laughs> hey, Logan, I had one thing to say. I forgot to mention one thing about Sexy Stars. So she sets herself up as this former domestic, you know, abused person, right? And defender of women. I thought it was very ironic in the end. She uh, was, wasn't she kind of outcast based on what she did, but who's who's She broke somebody's arm. Rosemary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty ironic that she's a savior of women, yet she's the one that goes in and breaks other people's arms. Yeah, yeah. She's supposed to be this this hero to these uh, to these ladies that uh, look up to the luchadors and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, she didn't end up being the greatest hero in the end. Uh, yeah, apparently. So. Good. But anyway. Oh yeah, I got so, you. Got no, you. she's for the future, but I guess we'll learn to like her here, so we won't judge her, and we won't judge her here because she hasn't broken yeah, an arm yeah. yet. So. Yeah, put that out of your mind. I guess she's uh she's she's pretty good. She gets to be very All good right. for sure. Um, but we'll roll okay. on into episode number two. Um, we open with kind of a recap of the previous week, uh, obviously. Um, then Dario's three guys are in the ring. They introduce themselves as Cortez Castro, Mr. Cisco, and Big Rick, kind of like I said at the end of the first episode. Uh, Big Rick says he knows his face, uh, but last week he felt his power. Uh, Mundo then comes out and kind of clears the ring. Uh, Puma is then out uh, to even the odds because it seems like they're all about to jump back in and uh, maul uh, Mundo. Uh, Dario then calls a ref out, and then uh, Castro and Cisco are going to face Puma and Mundo in our opening contest for the night. So um, to get into the match, uh, Puma immediately pulls out some re- ridiculous athleticism, doing a back handspring into a Hurricane Rana. That it was, was really dumb. Mm, it was it was so awesome. Um, Cisco and Cortez aren't guys who are going to have constant bangers or anything like that, but they're guys that play their roles really well. Uh, they sell their asses off. Uh, I think for obvious, obviously the two biggest building blocks to start the company, uh, with Puma and Mundo, I think these are two guys to bounce off of them really well. Um, everything Puma does, uh, looks ridiculously cool. I'll probably, uh, I'll probably gush over him for as long as we do the pod, um, but uh, Mundo goes for a uh, corkscrew planche at one point and completely misses and smacks the floor, and it makes a sick thud. I thought that was mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Um, Striker makes a Secret Wars reference to try and bring the comics nerds in, so both of you he guys got me. probably popped huge for that one. So. Yes, I oh, did yeah, pop. The beyond, the beyond, yeah, the, I made a note. The Beyond a reference popped me. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. Yeah, I, I definitely pointed that one out because I knew both y'all would pop for that. But um, uh, Cisco uh, kicking out of the cutter, followed up by the moonlight drive combo, genuinely shocked me. I figured that was going to be the finish. Uh, crazy backflip dive by Puma. Um, great double teaming stuff from Puma and Mundo throughout the match. Uh, matches won with both guys hitting stereo uh, f- 450 splashes. 
So oh, I thought this was another really, really good match. Uh, really showcased Puma and Mundo once again, and I thought they did great stuff. Like I said, Cisco and Cortez are those bases that they can do a lot of cool stuff off of. They're not going to be those guys that constantly have you know great matches or anything like that, but they play their role and they sell really well. So I thought this was a great opener to the second episode. Uh, Sean, what do you think? Uh, I like how they opening promo too. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, I like how they opened up uh, with the recap of episode one and they jumped right into the continuation of the closing angle. So I love how they set that up. That they brought these guys out, they introduced them, uh, and then Mondo came out and then Puma came out to help them. So really nice, like if. They just connected episode one to episode two immediately. They didn't make you sit and wait till the main event. They didn't make you do anything. They just went into it. As far as the match, uh, so when I first, the match was like, oh, great. We're going to have Puma Amando against Spanish Spirit Squad because that's really what it felt like to me with Cortez and Castro. Uh, because, listen, I don't know who these Jamokes are. And I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be like the Spirit Squad. You know, Big Rick's their leader. But Puma Amando are going to make short work of them to kind of get their, you know, shine in. But, um, Here's a couple things, commentary. So I know I shit on commentary, but I also think there's nuggets there that they do that's really good. So Vampiro's still selling Puma, um, needs to watch out for Conan, so they're still putting that nugget in there, which I think is good. Uh, Johnny, is, even though they say he's parkour and all that, his parkour shit and it still rules. Um, there's a comment, a commentary about Cisco Prison's shower style is his wrestling style, which popped me a little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys caught that comment. Prison shower style. Yes. Yeah, it was awesome. Then he um, ran Mondo, into the top rope. Yeah, and Amondo ate shit on the leaping rope sidekick after being tripped, which you brought up. Uh, the heels are pretty good on the offense with Mondo taking most of the heat. And then Puma gets a really great hot on tag. And then Johnny missing the over-the-top rope spin and crashing into the floor, like you said, was savage. Uh, Puma over-the-top rope twist and landing on his feet was absolutely insane. Uh, the double 450 was awesome. Listen, this was a great match for me. And you know why? Because I went into it with no expectations. Like, literally, I thought it was going to be a squash match. Um, but no expectations. It was fantastic. I went three and a half on this. Um, I thought it was, like, a really good way to establish your top two baby faces. And unexpected heels out of nowhere. And um, I also like Rick walking out and staring at them. But, goddamn, this was way more of a banger than I thought it had any right to be. I was so freaking impressed with this. So, really, really good. Really what'd you what'd you think of Big Rig smoking the stogie in the stairwell? Oh, <laughs> the oh I, I love I oh I love it. Like I, <laughs> I mean I hope I get to see Big Rick in a ring because so far he's done shit. So <laughs> but, well, I kind of like that allure of Big Rick because it felt like he's like the kingpin. Mm. Uh, using another comic book reference, and these are like his like street soldiers. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I did like that. Like he like you know he did call out Mundo immediately, and when Mundo ran out, like he just. Steps out of the ring and lets Cortez and, I mean, yeah, Cortez and uh, Cisco uh, fight and and then like he's like smoking a sogi sitting in the stairwell, which I thought was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how Dario coming out was like makes a tag match like he's Teddy Long or something. Um, Puma coming out like God, I, I like like you said, Logan, I I can't get enough of him. Like he's just awesome, and uh, never mind, but um. <laughs> I, so I don't want to spoil because we know who quote unquote he is. That's just you know, mm, yeah. he's finally getting his due. That's all I'll say. Um, but like, I just felt this was like more of a squash personally. Uh, Cortez and Castro were basically jobbers to the stars right here. They had to be fed to him, which you know had had to happen. But um, the double four fifties were awesome. Like there was just so much happening in this match. Um, like. 
there's also a part where Puma does a dive. The guy moves and he just lands on his feet. It's so absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's a tag team uh, titles here, maybe we should have Puma and Johnny go after him because they have both good teamwork. And like I said, they're athletic off the charts. I went slightly lower than Sean. I went two and a half stars on this. Gotcha. Slightly lower. Holy shit. <laughs> You're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> That's fine. It's won't be the last time you tell me I'm wrong, sir. Mm. Yeah, I know. But it's for you, you are definitely wrong. This match was way better than it had any right to be. Mm. Yeah, I got you. Um, but uh, we never actually do get tag titles. We do get trios titles eventually, but um, okay, we, we never actually get tag titles. So uh, there is that. But um, but gotta the have the trios. You gotta have the trios title in AAA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with Lucha, Lucha, it's a big, a big trios thing. So that that was definitely the way they were always gonna go. Um, but after the match, we get a scene with Conan talking to Puma, tells him he was right about him, uh, that he's all everyone is talking about after last week. He's a big star coming out of the first episode, uh, but he wants to give him some advice, and that is to not trust Mundo uh, going forward. Uh, they can tag and stuff like that, but he doesn't need to be all buddy-buddy with him or anything like that. So uh, we then get a Mil Muertes pack- package. Uh, tells us that a thousand deaths is coming to the temple tonight, so we will get a debut match with Mil Muertes. But um, Scott, what did you think of uh, Conan's little conversation with Puma and then the Mil Muertes package? Vampiro might have been right, guys, because he said not to trust Conan, and Conan <laughs> seems to be just trying to keep uh, Puma for himself, which I thought was a nice little little spin here. I'm interested to see if we don't have straight, uh, you know, good guy bad guy type thing we have more of a uh, shades of gray so i'm interested to see if we have that um and if it eventually ends to puma pulling away from conan in a couple of seasons so um and then seeing the mil mortes is coming thing i was like oh this is pretty badass and i mean in a thousand deaths and then the video that we get later i was like i'm all in on this dude like I, i've never seen him wrestle but he's got the character work now it's awesome yeah, definitely. Um, Sean, what do you think of these two segments? So imagine Conan being an asshole. Uh, but yeah, I like um, <laughs> him giving, like he's giving praise to Puma. He's talking it up, tells him to stay away from Mundo and basically says, I'm your only friend. And do you understand? And then Puma just nods. Um, again, a simple thread to kind of keep the thought of Conan not being, you know, good for Puma in the end. So I'm sure that'll play out as we go through the series. Um, I like we learn who Mills Muertes is. Um, and it means it means a thousand deaths. I love that old gimmick of a thousand deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought it was a really nice, eerie video to kind of intro him as a character. So yeah, good stuff. Again, the cinematic stuff and the behind the scenes stuff continues to be pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Sean, I, I know for sure you'll love Mill throughout the uh, throughout the run. He's he's awesome. So I think he's definitely going to be one of your guys uh, going forward. For, for I just sure. like the gimmick, like mm-hmm. the guy, uh, the, the like it means a thousand. Like how cool is that to set you up as a character? I just think that's so badass. And, mm. and Logan, I, I'm weary to Google anything because I'm afraid I might spoil myself. Is this anyone we know? It, it is not his. Uh, I, I'll do some research and get back to you on that one. But uh, he, he's not somebody that's super uh, well known or anything like that. He's big in uh, he's big in Triple uh, A and all that before this. Um, and he is actually an MLW now. I think he still plays Mil Muertes. So um, he. Uh, but no, he's not anybody that uh, existed anywhere else before this, other than AAA. So you probably wouldn't have heard or of him or after it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, not, he's not the guy that becomes uh, Judas Messiah, is he? 
actually, yes, he is. That is that is Judas Messiah. So I wasn't sure if you would uh, remember. Uh, that. Uh, from Impact? Come on, man. Yeah, from Impact. Yeah, come, I like that's, Logan. How dare you? I am an Impact expert. Sorry, that's a business brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, this this guy ends up being Judas Messiah. So that's correct. I wasn't that's sure if I, y'all would remember that. So I 100% remember that. Okay, well, yeah, that's him. Because <laughs> he was bought in Impact, so I hope he's better here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that, well, it seems like any relative that they ever bring in that uh, is a bit uh, related to Abyss uh, never seemed to work out. So, no, um, never did. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll be he'll be a great character going forward. I think uh, a lot of us will really love him. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him grow and get a lot better. Um, but our second match for this episode is going to be Chavo and Sexy Star versus Son of Havoc and Evilise. Um, at the beginning of the match, uh, Vampiro calls Striker Mr. Wikipedia as he starts going through the Guerrero family tree, and it made me laugh way harder than it probably should have. Oh, fucking annoying, man. I know. <laughs> um, but this match starts with a lot of feeling out, uh, but eventually Ivelisse gets a cheap shot in, and then her and Son of Havoc uh, start kind of teeing off on Chavo Guerrero, uh, which makes me smile. Obviously, he's getting pretty uh, beat up in the corner. Um, Chavo gets a tag, uh, and Sexy Star shows some great fire when she comes in. Uh, Havoc, though, catches her with a sick elbow. Um, both girls then get in and start wailing on each other before Ivelisse nails a super kick. Um, Havoc then goes uh, for a standing moonsault, but Star gets the knees up and tags Chavo in. Uh, Chavo sh- then shows the most fire that he's ever shown in his entire career off this tag. Um, Ivelisse then breaks up a pin, uh, which draws Star into the ring to get her uh, to to get Ivelisse out. Uh, Chavo then hits a frog splash, but being the gentleman that he is, he lets a sexy star get the revenge and she gets the pin on Son of Havoc to get a little bit of revenge from uh, last week. Uh, but Scott, what'd you think of this tag match? Oh, well, you made it sound a whole lot better than it was, Logan. Um, <laughs> I, 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 will, I did like, uh, uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I did like how I even have a note that Chavo actually looks decent in this match. He was a good uh, babyface in peril at certain points. And I did enjoy the frog splash and tag the sexy stars who, instead of just pinning, got a roll up, which I thought was like very odd. Like, it's like she had to do like her weird move as well. But um, yeah, it's just going to take, I think it's going to take a couple episodes for the intergender stuff to get with me. I, I just went two and a half. For this, um, oh. so yeah, um, Son of Havoc has go away heat with me already, though. So. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, Sean, what'd you think? <laughs> uh, I, I thought this was another good like follow up match uh, coming out last week with Star and Havoc. Um, Evilise uh, looks quite hot. I thought she's another one you could add to. Uh, I like how they make women and men dynamic and on factor. And they can just all go in and fight because they don't really hold back on each other. It's like GCW. They go in and they just beat the shit out of each other. Absolutely. Um, Star on a, a tag is great. She does a, like a matrix spot, which is really good. And then she eats shit really fast on a Havoc elbow to her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on, Star and Ivelisse beat the hell out of each other. And Chavo hit a rolling kick and quarter to Havoc. That actually surprised me. Um, Star did a double D to the face on Ivelisse off the apron, which I thought was good. And then Chavo does a frog splash to Havoc, but then tags Star so she could get her shiny moment. And then she gets a three with the roll-up, which Chavo doing that to her get her shine, and then what he does in a match coming up later makes no sense based on what he did here. I didn't get that. 
Uh, but anyway, another fun tag match here. Definitely kind of a set of foundation of people to watch. Um, and I look forward to more characters being introduced. Uh, but I went two and a half on this, just like Schiff. I thought it was pretty good. Not terrible, not great, but really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think Scott said something about it earlier, but they use a lot of the same guys on these first two episodes because I think they hadn't really gotten everybody in yet to like you know to be around to to be at the tapings and stuff like that. So I think this is just the first round of people that they kind of got in. So we see in these first two episodes, a lot of the same guys in tag matches, singles matches kind of mixed throughout. So I think that's kind of why we got a lot of uh, same people uh, on this one. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a good establishment match for, and good revenge for a sexy star for sure. Uh, And yeah, it it does uh, how the match ends kind of makes the uh, thing with Chavo later in the night, kind of confusing. Very, very confusing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but after that, we go to the back, um, and I know this is uh, Sean's favorite scene of the night. But um, mm, we go God. back. We go back to Blue Demon Junior, uh, seemingly training for his match later on with Mil Muertes. Uh, Katrina then uh, confronts him. Uh, she says she's an associate of Mil Muertes, uh, and she has a message to deliver uh, before seductively licking his mask and saying. My a taste God. of a thousand deaths or before a thousand deaths. I'm sorry, oh, but, uh, yeah, um, but I'll, I'll go to the package after that and then I'll get y'all's thoughts on both. Um, we get another Puma package. Uh, Puma apparently grew up in a really tough neighborhood. It was found to be a uh, fantastic athlete and was brought out and given the opportunity to have a better life. Uh, Puma's family lineage traces back to one of the fiercest renegade tribes in the Aztec culture. So just giving him a little bit more character building and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Sean, I- I'll let you uh, wax poetic about this Blue Demon backstage well, segment. I was, but, uh, not, only, not only poetic was I whacking. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> the female taps him. No one's there. Then she reappears. And Katrina like, says she's an associate of Mills Muertes. And it's and, I, and then the other she said she's an associate, and then that's where I put I got something else she can associate with. Um, <laughs> then she licks him and says uh, a taste before a thousand deaths, and I was immediately fuck fuck yeah, and I'm all in on this. This was great. <laughs> um, I love the Puma bio, um, and Conan says a friend found him in the alley and came from a fiercest tribe of access. And then it made me wonder at the beginning of episode one, the luchador that was being talked to made me wonder if that was Puma they were talking about at the start. As the guy, like he sat, remember he was getting beat up. I was wondering if Puma was the one getting beat up and if Conan's friend was the one that was sitting down talking to him or not. So um, I don't know. It was just something I thought about. And then I also thought, who is Conan's friend? So Logan, do you ever find reference to the friend that found him in the alley? Or is that just something that they put here just because? Um, you may at some point, I'm, I'm not uh, completely sure. I really don't remember that, that storyline, but, uh, I, I, the Puma is definitely not the guy in the opening little, uh, thing. Uh, I think oh. they try to allude to that at first, but it ends up being somebody else. Oh, so you uh, do find out long term. It's you do. Oh, find I thought out. it was Puma. No, yeah, no I, did too. I thought it was Puma too. I think they kind of want you to think that, but it ends up being another guy. So, oh, well, I'm glad uh, at least they play that narrative off at least to yeah. play that off. So that's good. But yeah. Again, two back-to-back things, and goddamn Katrina freaking smoke show, man. Holy shit. And Katrina was uh, Maxine that was on one of the uh, the female yes. uh, season of NXT. Uh, yeah. Probably not super well-known, but if you watched NXT back in the day, she was in that uh, Diva season, season three. Uh, we could just call her Katrina in my but, opinion. Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> just call her Katrina from here on out. But uh, Schiff, what would you think of uh, the Blue Demon segment and then the Puma package? The um, 
it seemed like Katrina has some like powers because like she poked him on his like uh, shoulder and then like she wasn't there and like he turned around and she was in front of him. So like I wonder if it's some mysticism, which I'm like this is I'm sign me up for. <laughs> and like I love like the taste before a thousand deaths. I'm like, oh, Blue Damon gonna get his ass beat, which I'm here for. Sending back to 1968. The Puma hype video was very nice. Like I said, they're definitely going for him to be like their ace in the hole. Um you know, to to be, you know, at this point, they're John Cena, uh, which is pretty ironic because, like, he, they say they're not doing for little kids in T-shirts. Uh, I don't know. Calling your main character Prince Puma definitely seems like a ripoff of Tiger Mask to me. And Tiger Mask was big with little kids. So, um, yeah, it's just me bitching. You can't but. have little kids when you got a freaking woman in the back licking freaking people. Yeah. <laughs> It's called close your eyes. Oh my uh, god, you are out of your mind. You you no, you were just you're just hating on it for the wrong reasons. I'm telling you. No, but I, I get where Scott's coming from. Like Puma's colorful, and like they're hyping him as a super good guy, kind of superhero type dude. Yeah, but they got women licking mask people. Yeah, yeah, faces. No, 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 come no, on, I, man. I get you. Yeah, yeah. And come on, Chip. Quit quit being a freaking like <laughs> quit being such a freaking mark. You're being a little bit of a mark. A little bit of a well, mark. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be because I want to enjoy this. <laughs> okay, but you can enjoy it without being a mark. You want like you're you're like going after it for being a traditional kind of wrestling thing, and because it's not, you're kind of shitting on it. Like I should be the one shitting on it, not you. <laughs> <laughs> There's something very wrong with the situation. That's fine. Well, Imagine we'll being more I... open-minded than any of you two fuckers. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, it gets much more violent. Uh, they do a lot of this kind of stuff like that. So yeah, it's probably not supposed to be geared toward kids. But I get where you're coming from with Puma. Uh, he is very uh, superhero like. I know. Uh, I know. Kids enjoy watching women lick masked wrestlers. That's I'm a, sure yeah. if they were of a certain age, they probably really enjoy. Yeah, really, it. really, <laughs> really for them, six year olds. Anyway, All sixteen right. year olds. <laughs> if it wouldn't be a pod with you and me if I didn't give you a hard time about. I something. know. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Um, but we'll, we'll transition on to the main event. It is going to be Blue Demon Jr. versus Mil Blue Muertes. Blue Demon! Um, but um, Muerte starts quick uh, and starts whipping Demon's ass, really giving it to him early. Uh, Demon gets some offense in before Katrina kind of provides a distraction. Uh, Demon gets a little... Gets a little bit more offensive than I thought he would. I think he, I think he gets a little bit more offense than I, I probably would have guessed going in. Um, gross backstabber by Muertes at one point. Uh, they keep talking about Demon's speed, and if he's considered fast, then I'm an Olympic sprinter. Uh, I made that note for sure because uh, he is the slowest person I think I've probably ever seen. Uh, Schiff is totally right, thinking he's straight out of the 60s. Um, but I thought it was a really nice spear that Muertes hit. Uh, well, he hits a flatliner to finish things. And then I'll kind of go ahead and get into the post-match because it kind of just quickly transitions. Uh, post-match, Muertes attacks Demon even further, kind of whips his ass a little bit more. Uh, Chavo comes out with a steel chair, seemingly saves Demon, but then he cracks him with a, sh- a shot with the chair. Uh, he then attacks refs and continues beating down Demon. Um, sexy star then tries to come out and save it, uh, and stops Chavo, but then he absolutely cracks her with a steel chair shot as well. Uh, so that's what kind of made that the partnership earlier kind of confusing. Uh, but Damone gets taken out on a, a, in an ambulance. So he is, uh, officially taken out in Dario's, uh, request of Mil Muertes and seemingly, uh, chewing Chavo's ass, uh, got rid of Blue Damone for him. So, uh, Sean, what'd you think of this main event? 
And, uh, the, and the after effects, of course. Yeah, so uh, there, Katrina comes out with Muertes, and then she gives him something. Did she give him her panties to sniff or something? I, like, I don't know what, like, what was that he was sniffing? He was sniffing no, something. It, it, it's some type of uh, medallion that she takes takes. Okay, well, I prefer to think it was her panties that he was sniffing. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that. I mean, he um, could have been. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, love the, I love the look of the gear that Muertes is wearing, but then they turn around, and they have him come out in, like, sky blue skinny tights jeans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is this? It's not very intimidating. Like, yeah. They have him like come out in all this cool ring gear, and then you can see his tights, and like he's it's like wearing skinny jeans. It's not intimidating, uh, but there is stiff chops of forearms throughout, and I don't think this is much of a match as it was a fight to kind of get Muertos over as a beast. Uh, the ending with a running flatliner was very mad to me. I thought it was a terrible uh, finisher, uh, and it needed kind of more stink on it. Um, after match beatdown. Um, and then Chavo runs out with a chair, and then he clobbers Demon, and then the crowd like shits all over him. And then Chavo's taking out refs, and there's why chance, uh, why Chavo, why? And then Chavo lays out the random wrestlers that come out, and then Star comes out to reason with him. And then he clocks her, too, which, again, makes no sense, because early in the night, he wanted to give her a shine. Mm-hmm. And now he's here hitting her with a chair, and then more chance. Um, and then she stretchered out. Chavo sits in a chair laughing. Um, it, it, and the crowd's calling him an asshole in Spanish. Um, I love Chavo yanking on Demon's... Uh, he was yanking on what was he yanking on the uh, the thing as uh, the paramedics were trying to take him out, which I thought was pretty good. And then he blows a kiss to Star, and then we close with the ambulance leaving. So I thought the match itself was kind of meh, uh, but I thought the angle afterwards was really really good. And now it has it really hooked to see what happens next for sure. Um, overall, I thought the episode was better than episode one, and then we have really cool defined faces and heels, and I'm digging it. And unfortunately for me, I'm even digging Chavo. So I. If you get me to dig Chavo, you've done something right because that's never happened in the history of man. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Chavo, as confusing as it may be with him attacking Sexy Star after them teaming earlier, I think he looks like a super. Uh, but do they explain that? Like for me, I have to see if they explain it because I, I like there's there's a couple times where they've really felt like when when have it when uh Sexy Star lost in episode one didn't make a lot of sense to me. Chavo giving her a shine here in episode two makes no sense when he turns around and just freaking beats her up. I don't get it. Makes no sense. Yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's established throughout the next few weeks. So I'm gonna trust I you. I listen, I like I don't get me wrong, I like the storytelling. It's just some of it just doesn't make a lot of sense yet to me. So yeah, they'll, they'll I mean, and, and if, even if it doesn't, they'll flesh that kind of stuff out. It get, it gets better with that that kind of uh, you know telling the story the whole way through. So um, throughout. So, um, but Scott, what do you think of the uh, match and the uh, kind of finishing little segment? I liked uh, how they put over Millmore taste as being a killer. Like outside of uh, Damon just getting like some chops in on Millmore taste, it was all. Like, he was just beating his ass. Like, there was no finesse to it. He was just rocking him with punches and, like, just beating him down. And, like, Moortes hit a solid right hand and then a spear to Blue Demon. And then he hit the flat line, and it was over. I was shocked at, like, you know, it kind of, it made sense why Blue Demon won uh, the first match. Because, like, they had to set him up to set up Moortes just to be in his ass. And I was shocked when, you know, Chavo had, like, Oh, good guy Chavo, where it's like, here, you can pin, you know, Son of Havoc. And then, oh, nope, I'm going to give you some CTE with this uh, chair shot here because he was just beating the piss out of everyone. And hopefully uh, this is the last we see of Blue Demon. But I'm interested yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it. I don't think it is. I think he does reappear, but he does. He's not a super featured uh, player. Oh wow! 
Uh, oh, really? Yeah. See, yeah. I thought they were presenting them as a bigger deal. So that's that. Well, that's good to know. That's good. Well, I, I think this is kind of used as a way to transition him out. Maybe a, he was an established oh. face on the first episode. Oh, kind of transition like, out the old guard and bring in the mm, new, right? Showing oh. that, like, there are these, like, Muertes is a killer and he's going to, you know, he, this is kind of going to be his style. He's just going to come in and just, uh, you know, eviscerate people and uh, take them out. So, gotcha. um, for sure. But, um, you know, Sean, you kind of talked about how you liked the episode, but Schiff, what would you think of the second episode as compared to the first one? I liked it a whole lot more. Uh, I wish we saw a lot more Prince Puma. We only saw 16 minutes compared to the 22 of last time. <laughs> um, I, I'm interested to see in the coming weeks. We saw a couple new characters uh, with Mil Mortes, Katrina, uh, Elise. So I, w- I want to see w- what else opens up. I'm sure it will. Um, I'm interested to see where this journey goes for Jake and Jenny as well yeah. to see what they think. Because, like, you know, like, I mean, to be honest, the matches haven't been all that, been all that. But it's the drama aspect that's keeping me uh, me interested in this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I I really like the job both like kind of the cinematic backstage little segments uh, a lot. So that that gives me hope that y'all will uh, come around on the on the wrestling part of things. I hey, I didn't go. shit on the wrestling as much as shit. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, but I'm just saying it, it'll it'll get much better, and you know even the storylines will get even better. So um, it it makes me happy that y'all at least mostly enjoyed the uh, first couple episodes. But uh, we'll get into a few awards real quick. Um, best match. Uh, Sean, what would you go with as your best match? Uh, I went with the tag match in episode two. It shocked me. I had no, like, I, I didn't go into it with any expectation whatsoever. And I could probably argue that Puma Mundo was better. But I really enjoyed that tag team match, so I'm going with that. That's my best match. I got you. Shift, what would be your best match? Uh, episode two or the whole thing? The whole thing, just the whole overall. Uh, I'm going with Mundo and Puma in the first match, the first main mm-hmm. event. Yeah, predictable. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I would go with as well. The the tag match was very good uh, at the same time. I thought. Yeah, I get. I, listen, I get picking that as best match seems weird, but for some reason it resonated with me. So I, I get why you would pick Puma Mundo though for sure. No, definitely going into it, it blew my socks off compa- compared to what I thought it was going to be. So I definitely get where you're coming from. Um, but Shif, uh, I'll stick with you. What was your best moment of, of anything that happened? Oh, best moment. That's easy. Uh, uh, you know what my best moment's going to be, surprisingly? The double 450. That was good. In the tag Got match. you. What about you, Sean? Uh, Katrina licking the face of the mask. Well, that may tie into the next next award. Uh, but, Sean, what was your favorite uh, cinematic scene that we had throughout the match? Or uh, now you would, so, since I, so since I picked that as my moment, I did not pick that as my favorite cinematic. Um, I picked the opening intro to the first episode where they kind of told the story with the lucha and the guy being beat up in alley. I just thought that was such a cool way to start it off and really get you hooked in. So, um, yes, uh, the, the licking of the face was great, but that was my moment, but I'm going to go with the (laughs) favorite scene being kind of the opening to kick it off. I really enjoyed that. I mean, listen, there's not one that I didn't like. I thought all the backstage scenes and cinematic scenes were amazing. So it's hard to pick one to be honest. So no, nah, yeah, that that opening scene's probably the correct answer, despite w- what your feelings are on anything else. But uh, Schiff, what would you go with? Hmm. It ain't easy. They're all good. I know, yeah. Logan. What's yours? 
No, I'd, I'd probably go with that opener. That that was that was really sick that they uh, started with kind of the action scene type thing and told the history and how Dario kind of came upon uh, this company. So uh, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think I want to go with that. It's it's so much to pick from. Like yeah. it's just. I'm sure that'll evolve as we go on, though, for sure. But. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I thought it was a cool award because I think there's a lot of them, and it, it's a big part of kind of what they do. So uh, that's definitely why I included it. Um, but I, I don't think I said my best moment, but the Stereo 450s is probably one of the cooler things uh, that you'll see out there for sure. So that would probably be mine. Um, and uh, if you notice, the name of our pod is Linking Up Luchas, which – Kind of sounds like a dating site. Kind of sounds like a dating game show or something like that. So our last award is going to be... So in the dating game, you have three gentlemen or females to pick with, uh, depending on who the contestant is. So we are going to go with our three best wrestlers uh, throughout the show, our three favorites that we had. And then from that, we're going to pick our bachelor or bachelorette uh, to take home and be our MVP. So uh, Schiff, uh, who were your three best competitors that you liked the most tonight, and who would be your MVP out of those three? All right, I'm going with Puma, Mil Mortes, and uh, Dario. All right, and who would be your take-home MVP? Come on down, Prince Puma. All right, all right. Uh, Sean, what about you? I mean, here's the thing. I kind of split this. I mean, I did two sets of three because, one, (laughs) uh, the real top three should really be Katrina, Star, and Santos. But really, it should be an F, Mary kill kind of thing, but I know that's not the premise of this show, so we're not going to do that. So here's my real three. It's um, My my take-home, obviously, MVP would be Puma. Uh, but the top three would, for me would be Puma, Muertes, and uh, Cuerto. I'm, I guess the same as Schiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think... Um... And Chavo's super close, but I have to go with Muertes because, one, picking Chavo in my top three of anything seems very, very wrong. <laughs> and Cuerto just kind of sets the stage for the whole thing really for us. So those are my three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, yeah, I, I would probably go... I'm gonna go Mundo and Puma uh, as the as the two, and I'm gonna give it to Chavo. I think at the very end he really impressed me with that uh, last segment because he came across as really ruthless and kind of. Oh no, he deserves it. I just Mm -hmm. made a personal choice that I did not feel good making that decision because of who he is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and my MVP would obviously be Puma. I think he absolutely is the uh, top star coming out of these first two episodes. So, but yeah, Puma, Mundo, Chavo would be my three, and then I would obviously pick Puma. So. Um, but that'll wrap up the uh, show tonight. Um, we will go to some plugs now. Sean, what you got to plug tonight? Oh, man, I wasn't expecting plugs. I thought you were going to go to shift first and let him do all the plugs like we normally. Oh. Uh, no, so, <laughs> all right, so you can find me on NWA Crock and Roll with these two gents. Um, we kind of do rotations and stuff like that, so they might not be on every episode. But um, the latest one that dropped uh, was with uh, me and Logan looking at everything heading into Starcade 86. Um, covering all the major feuds and builds going into that event. And Logan and I watching the single worst thing we've ever watched in the history of anything, not just the podcasting. Um, so please listen to that. Uh, we have Traders of the Lost Ark over on the pop feed. We'll be recording a new episode of that. Um, and I will be having a new pod come out on the North-South feed in the coming weeks that Scott Shiflett will be doing with me. And we'll talk more about that as we get closer to that coming about. So that's where you can find me primarily. I got you. Got you. 
Um, now, and that that wasn't just the worst thing I've ever seen in wrestling. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was very. That's what I said. I said the worst uh, thing I've <laughs> ever seen, not just in wrestling. That is correct. Uh, absolutely, anything you've ever seen, it was the absolute worst. But uh, Chef, what about what you got? Uh, as Sean mentioned, with Crock and Roll, I'm also on YouTube Roulette with yourself, uh, Souza, Jacob Williams, sometimes Sean Kidd. Also, um, I, I'm on the uh, Play While You Listen pod, where I am the host of that. So uh, I have a rotating person come in monthly, and we go over the month's video games and the um, the big video game news from that month. That's found on the um, on the Pop Feed as well. So yeah, just check out everything on the North South Pop Feed and the PTB and Wrestling Feed, and that can be found on Twitter at Scott underscore Shufflet. And I'm pretty sure on threads, if that's still a thing in a couple of weeks, <laughs> that's Scott underscore show foot. Still don't know what it means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the, the other pod I do here in the North South connection is talking docs. I do that with Jennifer Smith and Roger Morissette. We talk about documentaries. Our most recent episode was about Jonestown and our next episode will be about Waco. So looking forward to recording that one. And then on the Place of Your Nation Wrestling feed, my main one is Highway to the Impacts. I'm going through TNA's history, kind of like mm. we're going through Lucha Underground's history here. So um, I appreciate everybody that joined us for this opening episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, there's plenty of ways to watch this along with us if you want to. Uh, if you can't find it, just reach out to me and I, I can get you some links to uh, get to a certain place to watch uh, along with us. Uh, if you've never seen it before, I would love to have more people join the journey uh, with, with these four that are, are going along with it with me on the pod. Um, so just if you, if you can't find it, just reach out. I, I'll have some links for you to get, get to be able to watch it with us. So, But uh, like I said, thank you everyone for listening to this first episode, and we will see you when we return to the temple.